Welcome to Notes from the Electronic Cottage. I'm Jim Campbell. So, what's the story these days on U.S. government surveillance of its citizens? By now, we've all heard of Edward Snowden and his release several years ago of a trove of information about the NSA's technology and its practice of surveilling American citizens, even though the NSA is clearly not supposed to do so under U.S. law. Recently, We've also heard about the posting of over 8,000 pages of documents on WikiLeaks describing some of the tools that the CIA uses to surveil targeted persons of interest. The CIA, like the NSA, is supposed to, by law, operate only outside of the U.S. The FBI is the only federal agency authorized by law to surveil citizens within the U.S. And we've also heard about dozens maybe hundreds of local police departments across the country using so-called Stingray technology that poses as a cell phone tower and collects all of the information from cell phones operating within its range. What does all this information tell us, and what does it mean for how we conduct our day-to-day lives? Before we begin, let's think a moment about the term, surveillance. Just what does it mean? The Cambridge Dictionary defines surveillance this way, quote, the careful watching of a person or place, especially by the police or army, because of a crime that has happened or is expected, end quote. Note the reason for the careful watching of a person or a place, because a crime has been or is expected to be committed. It's interesting to note that the term surveillance originated during the reign of terror in the French Revolution, when surveillance committees were formed to, quote, monitor the actions and movements of suspect persons, outsiders, and dissidents, end quote. So, surveillance in its precise meaning should be directed at a specific person or persons who are suspected of either having committed a crime or who may be about to commit one. This points out a huge difference between what we found out about the practices of the National Security Agency, which is part of the U.S. Army, and the Central Intelligence Agency, which is part of the civilian, not the military, sector of the government. The NSA has been, and despite fig leaves offered by a cowed Congress, probably still is collecting any data that flows in and out of the country by electronic means and probably much that never even leaves the country. In this case, there's no suspicion that all of the individuals surveilled have or are about to commit a crime. The theory seems to be that if you, quote, collect everything, end quote, one of the phrases exposed in the NSA's documents released through Edward Snowden, then you will have any bad people's communications, even if those communications are buried amongst the communications of hundreds of millions of regular good people. In the case of the CIA, the tools revealed in the WikiLeaks materials are technically very powerful, but they appear to be designed to target individuals or small groups of people related in some way. In both cases, we can say with confidence that if government, at least in the U.S. and probably pretty much in any other country, wants to access our digital communications, whether voice or text or email or social media or whatever, the technology exists for the government to access those communications 
without our permission and without our knowledge, with one possible exception. That exception is encryption. The CIA documents suggest that the CIA has developed tools to get into people's computers or smart devices before or after they encrypt messages because high-quality encryption is so effective that even government agencies with all of their computer power have a great deal of difficulty breaking an encrypted message in transit. That's why James Comey, head of the FBI, says that there cannot be any absolute secrets in the U.S., even of things that are in our heads. He's a great champion, as are many government officials, of there being a way for governments to access encrypted information. And so, by the way, is the man currently occupying the office of the president. Whether encryption is good or bad is not the issue for us today. The point suggested by the information that we have available to us, which is actually pretty little in the overly classified world we live in today, that information suggests that encryption works. Customers are demanding encryption to keep their communications private, and companies like Facebook and Apple and others are responding by providing competent encryption in their phone and messaging products. This is causing a great deal of, quote, the world going dark, end quote, talk from law enforcement agencies and from some politicians. So, back to our original question. What does all this material tell us, and what does it mean for how we conduct our day-to-day lives? What follows is opinion based upon the best information that we have available at the moment. First, government has the technology available to collect pretty much anything about you that government officials may want to find out, with the possible exception of encrypted message content. Second, one government agency or another is probably doing so today. Third, these agencies are challenged to find needles in haystacks when they often don't even know what the needle looks like. As a result, lots of hay, that's us, gets looked at too, even though there's no reason to surveil most of us. Fourth, although, as we've seen, the law is no guarantee of protection from unlawful government behavior, it is the best tool we have to keep surveillance at least somewhat targeted, as it should be, and to leave the huge majority of Americans to live their lives in peace with a modicum of privacy and of freedom from unwarranted surveillance. Fifth, encryption is an effective tool to help preserve privacy, though one that most people don't use unless it's provided for them, for example, on their smartphones. We'll discuss the pros and cons of encryption on a future program. What do these observations have to do with how we live our everyday lives? We'll try to look at some practical implications of living in a world where technology enables global surveillance, right here on future editions of Notes from the Electronic Cottage.